Well, good morning. Uh, hello for those of you who are watching in the morning and good afternoon for those of you who are watching in the afternoon. I hope that you are having a fantastic day and I'm excited to preach the word. Uh, I've got a, uh, a special guest today that's going to come and join. I'm really excited. Um, and uh, let me just invite her into the scene right now. And uh, here she is. Babushka. Babushka is back. It's been a while since Babushka joined us here at Exchange and, and in that time uh, she hasn't been speaking to me so it's been a very complicated relationship to date. Um, in fact, I'm discovering that Babushka is quite the complex young lady. There's so many twists and turns and plots, so many uh, layers to Babushka. Just when I think I have figured her out, all of a sudden Babushka creates and reveals another layer to herself that I didn't know about and it starts a whole new realm of complexities and, and challenges and uh, for those of you who don't remember you can go back and watch a message layers and labels that I spoke quite a little while ago but uh, Babushka was the highlight. The idea of Babushka is to resemble what our own lives are like Often what happens is we put different labels on ourselves and over a process of time, our life, those different labels become layers. And we don't know what happened to someone that got them to the point of where they're at today. You know, they may react a certain way, offend you, hurt you, uh, mistreat you, who knows. Uh, what we don't know is what got them to that place to behave and to act in that way. And so as men and women of God, it is our responsibility with the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to commit to people in the discipleship process to go through the different layers and dismantle some of the unhealthy labels that has been put on people so that they can become all that God's called them to become. So today we're going to talk about that and I'm really believing for this word to minister into the area of our identity. How do we, uh, how does our identity uh, form? How does it become shaped to the persons and people that we are right now? I want to start with a really funny story. I was actually in Australia at the time and had met this uh, guy, really cool guy, he became a really good mate. and. Uh, I'd known him for about six months to a year and one day I was at the local shopping center and I saw him so I went up to him at the local shopping center and I started to have a conversation with him and the conversation well it was great it was just different I couldn't explain it uh, somewhat uh, disengaged but still engaged a little bit dismissive maybe uh, it was it was just strange it just didn't feel right well, anyway, uh, it was still, you know, I thought maybe I had done something, I'd offended him, I, I wasn't sure what it was, and so I spent a good week <laughs> thinking about this, thinking, what did I say, what did I do? Well, about a week later, I saw um, my friend again, and then my friend said to me, I heard you met my twin brother. <laughs> and so I had had a conversation with his twin brother who was polite enough not to embarrass me, but also I come to find out that one of his pet peeves has actually been mistaken for his twin brother. It was crazy. 
I was looking at the same person, but they were a different person. It was, a, it was hard to explain it. It was like they had a different identity. We are all so unique in our identity and how God creates us. And I think one of the most uh, common questions that I hear uh, when you meet someone new for the first time is this, is what do you do? What do you do for a job? It's one of the first things. And why do we ask that question? I don't know. Maybe are we trying to put that person in a box so that we can understand them better? Or are we deciding how much time we are willing to give them or we are not willing to give them based on what it is that they do, their social status, their financial situation. All these different factors can come into why we ask that question. Or we could just be genuinely curious about what it is that they do. Um, but most likely we are trying to identify them. We want to understand them. But let's think about that question right there, our identity. Who are you? Who, how do you define yourself? I don't know, how, how do you decide who you are when it comes to one's identity? Uh, here's a question, who gets to decide who you are? And here's an even more important question, are we even supposed to define who we are? I believe right now, in the season of time that we're living in, and so strategically God put us in this season of time, He put you in this season of time, knowing everything full and well that will be happening today. I believe that one of the dangerous and biggest shifts that I am seeing in the church today is the shift from truth defining my identity to my feelings defining my identity. And that is a dangerous place because what happens when how you define yourself clashes with how God defines you? That's a big situation. And a lot of us have gone through some pretty crazy seasons because we have tried to define ourselves and it has clashed with who God has called us to be. And one of the dangers, I guess, or challenges is that we may, because we've defined ourselves, we may qualify ourselves for things uh, that God never intended. Or we may disqualify ourselves for that which we were created for by God. Really important to know our true identity in Christ and who we really are. And here's some very real scriptures, uh, examples in the Bible that show where this clash has taken place, where uh, one has tried to define themselves that has clashed with how God sees them. Here's the first one, Moses. He saw himself as a stuttering, murdering mess, but God saw, he saw, he saw a leader. He saw the guy that was going to lead the Israelites out of Egypt into freedom. That's who God saw. And there's a clash there. I believe if Moses had believed the way he saw himself and bought into that, then he would have probably never stepped up to be obedient to how God saw him. Uh, Gideon is another one. He saw himself as a coward, hiding, uh, afraid in a wine press. But God saw a mighty warrior. Uh, Zacchaeus, he probably, this is an assumption, it's not written in scripture, but he probably saw himself as the lowest of the low, a tax collector, were not looked upon uh, favorably. But, but Jesus saw a, a vessel and a trophy of grace, uh, of transformation, 
of what God can do in someone's life. He saw way beyond what we see. He saw, and we, often we look at ourselves and we define ourselves and it clashes with how God defines us. And this is a journey that we are to go on. Our true identity belongs to God and God alone. It's a big truth claim right there, but I really believe in this because I, I don't believe I have the right to define my identity to God and tell him who I am. I believe that God defines who I am. In fact, I think uh, I have no right. I think it's somewhat maybe even a little bit ignorant or a little bit arrogant to tell God who I am. Or, or as just as much, maybe a little bit ignorant or a little bit arrogant to tell other people who they are that's outside of what God has already said. I just feel like that responsibility, I don't want it. I don't want the responsibility to define myself, to redefine what's already been defined by God. God has already defined your and my identity. My journey is to discover in Christ what my true identity is, my relationship with Him. Let's turn to scripture. It's Psalms 139, a very famous passage of scripture, but let's read it in the context of our identity and knowing that God has already written our identity. It says, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God? They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still there with me. What an amazing passage of scripture his thoughts towards you. He loves you. You are beautifully and wonderfully made. I wonder today if that clashes with some of the thoughts that you have about yourself. Some of the lies that you've believed in that are not true, that are simply deceptive in nature and destructive in terms of what they do to the purpose and the intent that God has for us. We think we know who we are. God is incredible. Galatians 2.20 says this, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. It's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. And that includes all of the, the labels and the, and the identity that I have created for myself. But Christ that lives in me and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This means that we surrender and exchange how we see ourselves versus how God sees us. I wonder how many clashes there are every day in the way that we make decisions, in the things, in the way that we behave, the things that we do, the things that we say yes to and the things that we say no to because of how we see ourselves versus how God sees us. How does God see you today? Uh, here's another great scripture. It's Ephesians 1.13 and it says, And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth. The good news that God saves you, 
And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit whom he promised long ago. You know, some translations actually say that he put his seal on you. He put his seal on you. You belong to Christ. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Isn't that incredibly good news this morning? Here's another one that we are a citizen of heaven. It's Philippians 3.20. It says, for our citizenship is in heaven for which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, to me, what's amazing is when you understand your true identity in Christ, then you are more likely to understand your purpose. When you understand who you are in Christ, uh, when you understand the intent of the Creator, then you're more likely to understand the purpose of the created. We need to understand what is God's intent when he created us. And when we understand that and we discover that in scripture, we begin to make decisions and live with more precision, with more purpose, with destiny in our hearts in, in, and purpose in our voice because we know who Christ has called us to be. We, are, we not only know and understand, but we believe in faith, our true identity in Christ. Now listen to this. The enemy in scripture is called the accuser. Uh, that's in the book of Revelation, if you want to look it up, 12, uh, chapter 12, verse 10. Because the intent of an accusation is to put a label on someone. And then I believe it is also the purpose of an accusation is to test the vulnerabilities, to seek out the vulnerabilities in our, in our identity and find the weak spots and cause us to believe lies that are not true about ourselves, things that are deceptive. That's what the enemy does. He wants to accuse. He wants to say and do things to try to get us to believe in lies, to disconnect us from the purpose and the promises that God has for us. Let's not be those kind of people. It's so funny, in a Western society, we have been taught to trust, believe, and act on our feelings. We've been taught to, to trust, to believe, and to act on our feelings. And our feelings are supposed to indicate, but they're not supposed to dictate. And the next time you pray, make sure you listen to what you're saying to God. Make sure that you hear those things. I'm not saying uh, that, uh, that what your prayer is wrong, but more often than not, what we do is we tend to express our feelings to God. And I'm not saying that's wrong, I'm just saying it's incomplete. Sometimes I think God must be just sitting there thinking to himself, man, why are you saying this? Why are you saying these prayers? You were more than a conqueror. You were the head, not the tail. You were above, not beneath. Uh, you have been strategically positioned in this time of history, equipped to handle whatever it is that's been thrown at you by the enemy right now, by life, by our circumstances. You have been equipped and empowered to overcome whatever it is. What's coming out of our mouth every time that we pray? Do we just express our feelings, which I'm not again saying is a bad thing, but I believe it's gotta be bigger than that. It's gotta be more than that. Let's actually declare the promises and the favor that's over us that God has called us. You know, why is this important, layers and labels? Once you believe or accept a label that has been given to you by someone else or by yourself, then I believe then it becomes, the danger is it becomes a, a, a layer. And all of a sudden we've got all of these layers that have been built up over the years that are not consistent with who God's created us to be. My faith, and this is a quote, 
that I shared a while ago, uh, but I'm going to add to this quote, my, and this was the quote I shared before, my faith comes from my theology, not my feelings. My true identity is, 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 is in Christ, and it's found in Scripture, my true identity. So here's a question. How do I build my true identity in Christ? How do I build and establish what Christ, who Christ has called me to be? Well, it's really easy, one word, Scripture. We need to read it, believe it, and live it. We need to read it first, get it into our soul, get it into our heart, into our thinking, marinate on scripture. Once we get it in inside, it's not just about reading it and understanding it, it's also about believing it because we behave from what we believe. And so once we have uh, believed it and by faith, uh, then we move to that next step is to live it, is to apply the promises and the favor of scripture and it's to believe in the identity that God has prescribed for me. You know it's funny, it takes time to build one's identity in Christ. It's an oven, not a microwave. I feel, and I'll say it this way, I, I don't really feel much different from yesterday, but I feel so much different from 10 years ago. Who I am today versus 10 years ago is almost probably a completely new human. Actually, I think that's a physical thing too. When skin sheds and over 10 years, you become a, based on what you eat, anyway, different story. But I am a different person now 10 years later, I know that. But I didn't see the, the steps that I took along the way, the daily steps, the daily decisions, by faith to choose to trust in what God says about me versus what man says about me and what I think about me. So we are either living up to who God declares we are or down to who we believe we are? It's a really good question. Are, we, are you living up to who God's called you to be or living down to who you think you are? I'd rather be the, the, the former, someone who lives up to the call of God, what God has called me to. And I want to go through some quick scriptures here. Uh, we're going to have a bunch of scriptures going to come at you hot and fast, but this is who you are. This is your identity. Number one is you are a saint. Ephesians 2.19 says, Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the household of God. Number two, you are blessed. You know, I, I, maybe right now you don't feel blessed. Maybe your circumstance says, and your bank account says that you're not blessed. But you need to know from the word of God that you are blessed. So remain in faith. 2 Corinthians 9, 8 says, And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Number three, I don't know about you, have you ever felt unappreciated? Well, you need to know your identity in Christ is that you're appreciated. It's 1 John 3, 1. It says, see what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. We are children of God. You're saved. Romans 10, 9, 10, it says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith that you are saved. What a powerful scripture, and what a great reminder today that we are saved. You are reconciled. Romans 10:5, and it says this, verse 11, 10 to 11, uh, for it, uh, for if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son. How much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved 
through his life. Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. You know, here's a great one. You're heard. This is an important one. I bet you there's a bunch of extroverts out there right now wondering if they've been heard, wondering if they're being understood. Jeremiah 29, 12, 13 says, then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. God hears those prayers that you've been praying. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. You know what? Here's another one that you need to be reminded today. You're gifted. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Another one, you are new. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. This keeps getting better and better. Uh, you're forgiven, 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. How many people carry their sin with them even though there's a promise in scripture that you have been forgiven? Just bring him to God and let them go and let God do what he can do. You're adopted. Romans 8, 15 verse 17 says, the spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you receive brought, you, uh, brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in the order that we may also share in his glory. Here's another one. You are rewarded. It's Galatians 6, 9. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Don't give up because you are rewarded by God and your harvest is coming. Uh, here's another one. You're victorious. This is exciting. 1 John 5, 4. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that he has overcome the world, even our faith. We are victorious. That's just 12 that I read. Just 12. And yet there are hundreds. We can discover our identity in Christ, who we're truly called by God to be. But I believe at times in my walk, and there's been times in all of our walks, where there has been a clash of what I feel about myself and what God says about me and who God's created me to be. My prayer that as a church, that we would not just read the word, not just believe the word, but we would also live the word and we would live out the promises that God has for us. It is yes and amen. You are a new creation in Christ, set apart. You were born for such a time as this. That's your true identity. Maybe in this next week or so, Maybe take some time to sit down and, and think about the different labels. Maybe process some of the different layers that have been built up on your life over this last season. Maybe it's time just to, to step back and say, God, speak to me about those things. To ask the Holy Spirit to reveal, reveal the things that are in your life right now that have become 
things that you're not supposed to carry, lies that you've believed that are not true. Maybe it's time in this season, while we have this unique season, this unique time in history, to take this moment to God, take advantage of uh, our shelter in place and, and get in a room and just you and God with maybe your Bible, a notepad and a pen and say, God, speak to me. Reveal to me today where I am not living in the full potential and attaining the full purpose that you have for me. And I believe God is, is faithful. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He never barges. He always gently leans in and speaks and reveals. You know what? And he's never going to lead you to a place that you can't handle. He's not going to take you to a place that will separate you from him. He is a good, loving, gracious God. And so my prayer today is that this word would get into our hearts and it would begin to challenge some of the, the inner core beliefs that really are, are just plain out lies and are robbing us from the call and the will of God. I'm going to pray that God is going to open our eyes. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak to all of us today. Reveal to us, Lord, the, the parts of our life, Lord, the labels that we carry, Lord, that we are not supposed to. And I pray, God, that you would give us the courage, Lord, to hand those things over back to you, to, to lay them down at the altar. And then I pray, God, in this next season, Lord, for the exciting journey of allowing you to shape our true identity in you. Lord, not identity given to us by man, but given to us by you. God, I pray that as we give that to you, Lord, that we would see and have the biggest impact that we've ever had, Lord, as a church. And in this season, Lord, people would truly, Lord, discover who they are and, and see the most amount of fruit that we've ever seen in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Fantastic. Well, I pray that you receive that word today. Also, what we do every single week here at Exchange Church is we love to give people an opportunity to begin a relationship with Jesus. Maybe uh, you once were in a relationship with God and you would pray and, and, and he would, you would hear him speak back. You'd read his Bible and it would come alive. You would worship and feel his presence. Maybe, I don't know, maybe things got complicated or busy. Maybe you, because you've been isolated, you just feel disconnected from God. Well, today I believe that God is a God of divine appointment. And I believe that this is a moment that God has set apart for you to be able to give your life over to Him, to surrender to Him. Maybe you've never made a decision to make Jesus Christ Lord of your life. Or today we want to give you that opportunity by simply praying a simple prayer. Pray my words, but in your heart. Pray them to God genuinely, authentically, and know God will hear this prayer. So if you're in the latter two of that today, where you want to make a recommitment to Christ, you want to surrender your life back over to Him, or you want to make a first-time decision, let's pray this prayer together. Dear God, I come to you today, and I ask for your forgiveness for all the times I've hurt you and all the times I've hurt others. Holy Spirit, help me and guide me to live each day for you. And so from my heart, with my mouth, I confess you as Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Fantastic. Well, if you prayed that prayer, the great news is this. We have community groups that meet all out through the week. And some are online, some are in person. 
all based on the county guidelines of what we can and can't do and so we want to get you connected you can of course see this email come up uh, if you watch this uh, our YouTube channel enough and come to Exchange Church online email us at hello at exchangecc.com and we'd love to get you in connection with one of the community group leaders and they would love to celebrate with you and they would love to partner with you on the journey of a relationship with God we're supposed to do this together and like I said uh, and has said all the time here at Exchange, it's Exchange Community Church. You're not supposed to do life alone. And so why don't you go ahead and email us that and uh, we'll reach back out to you as soon as we get that. Also, uh, we have a kids channel as well here at Exchange and kids are gonna be coming up today, I believe. It is Miss Liz and she has done a fantastic job and so we're excited for our kids. Why don't you go parents and jump online there. And, and other than that, we pray that you have a fantastic week and we shall see you in church next Sunday.